This is episode 147 of the Landscape Photography Show, and before we get into the show, I just want to tell you you have a great opportunity to improve your photos right away for free if you go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com stream. You can stream right now a free live course that you can do right now to set aside about 45 minutes of your time and go through that course, and it's going to show you how to improve your photography through composition, which is really the only way to make money with your photography if that's your goal without spending thousands of dollars on photography gear or wasting your time learning technical jargon about your camera. Go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com stream right now and stream that class for free. Afterwards, you'll see an immediate improvement of your photography just with a few simple tips for your composition. Again, that's landscapephotographyuniversity.com stream. In this episode, we're talking to photographer Corey Overton. Now, Corey and I have interacted on social media for quite some time now, and I really like Corey's work and what he does, what he stands for, and I reached out to him because I started to notice some changes on his social media platforms. Noticeably, his amount of reels and the informative content that he puts out on his reels as well. I reached out to Corey and said, hey, would you want to come on the show? He immediately said, yes, it would be an honor, but I think you're going to get a lot of very good information through this podcast about how you can go out and find photos that no one else has found before. Information on how you can jump in your car and, and take a road trip and do so ethically, reasonably, and save some cash along the way, which in my opinion is the best part. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here with Corey Overton. Corey is somebody that I've been following on Instagram and social media for quite some time, talking back and forth, and recently really impressed with a lot of the content that he's putting out. And I thought it would add a lot of value to this audience, not only for photography's sake, but how to use different platforms, also how to incorporate photo and video plus road trip essentials for your photography. So Obviously, just with that introduction, Corey, we're kind of all over the board here, which is what I like because it keeps the conversation interesting. But why don't we get started? Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on. And why don't we get started with how you actually got started in landscape photography specifically and then kind of uh, your road trip experience with that as well? Yeah. Um, so thank you for having me on. Um I am Corey Overton, and I'm actually out of the uh, Northeast Georgia area, about an hour above Atlanta. And I've been doing photography for, I would say I've been seriously doing it for about four or five years, but I uh, truly started with it back in the mid to late 2000s. Um, essentially, I, uh, I was going through a really tough time and decided that photography would be a great way and for me to get a hobby. Um, especially I was doing a lot of uh, walking in parks. So I wanted to get a camera to document everything. So I went out to the local HH Greg, which I don't believe is around anymore. Um, but I purchased a, uh, I talked to a sales rep and I purchased a uh, Canon PowerShot point and shoot camera and just decided to take that out for me while I was walking. And because I was out in nature, that's mainly what I shot. But at that time, I knew absolutely nothing about uh, photography or the field of photography. I just knew you take a camera, 
you point and shoot, you get a picture back out, and that's the end result. Um, it wasn't until about four or five years ago, whenever I truly learned that there's a lot more to taking photos and just taking out the camera and point and shoot, or at least uh, when it comes to what I want to do. So about four years ago, I again found myself looking to photography to help me through some really difficult times. And uh, I went, spoke to a friend. She uh, She's actually a professional photographer and also a nature photographer. So she uh, she told me, hey, uh, why don't you come meet me at the coffee shop? I can show you some of the different aspects of how to use a camera and what are some things I really enjoy about uh, taking photos. So I took her up on that offer. We went. She took out her uh, her little Nikon 1J5 that she carried around, which is just a small mirrorless camera with no viewfinder. Uh, but it was had interchangeable lenses. And she started taking me through some of the uh, some of the technical pieces of a camera, whether it be uh, talking about the shutter speed or the aperture or the uh, ISO settings and uh, teaching me about focus and kind of guiding me through uh, some of the concepts of photography, like uh, lighting and making sure I had proper composition. Um, and from that point, I was just kind of uh, stuck. I always took my camera around with me. I eventually decided that I wanted to do some uh, some traveling and part of the traveling and road trips that I did, I wanted to make sure I had all my camera equipment with me so that I could capture the uh, the areas I was in, which were, they mainly end up being uh, national parks and uh, BLM land, national forests, just areas of nature where I can go through and uh, find really great shots. I ended up kind of, uh, kind of sticking into that and, and really kind of, uh, kind of leaning into that part of photography. And uh, along the way, I've met some great people. I've also uh, established a relationship with other people where it's gotten me to kind of get out of doing landscape photography. But landscape photography is really at the uh, at the heart of what I love to do. So all that being said, um, I know this is kind of like picking your favorite child. Which area do you like to visit most? Oh, it's not like picking my favorite show. That one's easy. Uh, Colorado. It's always Colorado. Colorado. the west side of Colorado specifically. Okay. Why is that? So what I found is that the east side tends, especially when you're coming in from Kansas, it tends to be more flat. And you also run into places like uh, Denver and Colorado Springs, which while they're great on their own, they're mainly city. Um, I like to be able to go out past the... Uh, past uh, the Rocky Mountain Range and get into the San Juan Mountains where there's a lot less people, a lot more animals and a lot more landscape. Um, so it makes it a lot more adventurous for me. Um, and I'm a hardcore introvert. So it's really nice to be able to go out into those places and just really be around with uh, with all of uh, all of creation and not have to deal with the, you know, everything that comes with being in a, a large populated area. I'm curious, like, is somebody who is so familiar with the beginning stages of photography and learning those camera settings and getting your grasp on getting started. What advice would you have for other people who are in that same boat right now where you were in those shoes? So I think one of the biggest things that helped me out was just going out and doing it. I always, uh, starting out, I always made sure that I had my camera with me. So Pretty much didn't matter any place I went. If I was hanging out with friends in a restaurant, I'd take my camera with me. I'd be taking pictures of the food. Um, if I was 
you know, just hanging out with some friends. I'd be trying to take pictures of them, just testing out my camera and playing around with the settings. And while I know some people will think of that as it takes away from you being able to engage with your community, to me, it was about, you know, having my community there and also having them help me through learning some of the finer aspects of something I was really interested in. Um, because I think that having that practice is really um, what helps out most people beginning out. And that's how you really, one, it really helps you determine what it is that you like uh, in photography and what genre you want to stick to. But it also really helps you to learn your craft and, and learn some of the things that become very inherent. Uh, like, you know, do I know what shutter speed I need want to be on? Do I know what lighting setting I want to do so that I can uh, properly get the get the effect I want to in my photography? So I think that the biggest uh, the biggest thing I could say for a beginning photographer is shoot everything and shoot often. I think it, it a lot of it comes into when when you go into it asking yourself so many questions, you get paralysis by analysis, right? You are like, well, should I shoot everything or should I just focus on this one thing? And when that ball starts rolling, it gets so caught up in your mind about, okay, well, what if I do this? And you have so many questions going on in your head that you end up doing absolutely nothing in general. So you have to stick with that consistently going and, and know that that's what you want to tackle is just photography in general. And then you can niche down and whittle down as you go along. Yeah. So I think that's a major problem. And I'm really big with that because I, uh, I'm a person that's very indecisive on many things. So the less I have in front of me or the more I do something, it makes it easier for me to just make a snap decision. And I think that's really important whenever it comes to anyone's beginning to do photography, because if you have to think about what aperture do I need to have this shot at to have everything in focus, or you think about what shutter speed do I want to make sure that things aren't shaky, it, it takes away from you being able to get right into the shot and make the image that you want to make. So I do think that it really helps if you can get out there and shoot often because then the, the camera set or the camera settings just become second nature and you're just going and shooting. And that's especially the case if you're going to shoot in manual, uh, in uh, manual mode, as opposed to something like uh, aperture priority or shutter priority where, you know, a lot of the work is done for you. Was there an emotion attached to getting started? Like we talked about paralysis by analysis, but is there also for you and in, in your journey, was there fear? Was there confusion? What, what was it for you? I don't know that it was necessarily, I would associate fear or confusion with any of them. It was more, it was more relief. Um, it was a relief to have something I could do that was, I could put my concentration and focus on. Because like I said, I was, you know, both times I got started in photography, I was really struggling uh, emotionally and mentally. And I just needed something to take my mind off of, off of the uh, issues that I was having. And it gave me a great outlet to be able to do so. Um, so a lot of what I had was really, um, really relief more so than it was joy um, being able to see yourself you know set up your camera take an image make or change some different settings and then you get an image that comes out that's beautiful and or you get to take an image that you can edit and having that made me uh made me realize that you know there's a lot of gratitude that comes along with this and eventually it took me to a place where there was more joy and more uh gratitude because it took me other places and and photography's take me a lot of places that have been able to unlock some of those other more uh 
more pleasurable, um, pleasurable emotions. You've mentioned uh, having a tough time a couple of times and, and you can get into it if you want, if, if you don't want to touch on it, that's fine too. But I would love to talk about for, for you specifically the therapeutic benefits that photography has had. Um, you talked about, you mentioned relief a, as a great one. And, and I know that's a word that's come up on the podcast before. Uh, but what, what was it for you, um, that, that photography helped you release? Yeah. So the first time I was doing it, it was, uh, being in school and not being able to, you know, I was working a job that I really didn't like at the time. So I was having a really difficult time trying to, trying to, trying to cope with that and, and find something to do that would at least give me an outlet because I didn't have anything at the time. And I don't have, you know, I liked at the time, I didn't think I had no artistic ability. So I didn't like to draw. I didn't like to do any of the things that people would typically associate with art. So it gave me the ability to do something with my hand and put my concentration and focus into something that was going to then allow me to uh, to make something that was was creative. And the second time I, I went through it, I just had uh, some relationship issues. I was also in another job where I was just really struggling to to get excited for. And I really thought I was going to be stuck in that situation for a very long time. So it gave me a again, it, it was there to give me something else that I could look forward to that was able to I was able to put my focus and my concentration into that and then make something out of that situation Uh that it, I, you know, wasn't previously, previously there. Um, and it also was, it's just therapeutic to be able to sit there and focus on something for a while and, and be able to sit in, in, uh, nature where most of my landscape photography takes place and, you know, just be able to be around, uh, you know, not many other people be able to sit there with your thoughts and think about those while you're, while you're taking photos and be able to translate that emotion into an image. Now, unfortunately, uh, I don't know that other people will always see the emotion that's there, but I think that it is a really, uh, it was a really great thing for me to be able to, to channel all of the, uh, all of the negative emotions I had at the time. I think the therapeutic benefits though, is somebody that a lot is something that a lot of people can relate with, right? Like I, I relate with that because I was in a job that I hated before I went over to photography and I didn't like what I was doing. And I think there are a lot of other people that are in that same boat, whether they're struggling with, um, you know, I've been pretty open on the podcast about PTSD and having that and, uh, other mental issues that people face, um, addictions that people have talked about on the podcast. So photography in general, um, like other art forms is really related back to a therapeutic outlet and, and a form of art therapy for people to deal with their emotions and what they're dealing with. So, so I think that's really, uh, that mirrors what a lot of people feel. And, and I mean, you, I, I think you should be feel great about being open about that and, and knowing that that's how you dealt with that. Yeah. And it, it becomes one of those, uh, those things where you use it as a tool to, to kind of help you get what you're going through, but you also get so much enjoyment out of it afterwards um and it's really been between that being able to travel especially whenever i'm doing road trips and being able to you know get out in nature i, I believe those combination of three things have really been extremely beneficial to me 
uh, not only as a photographer, but also as a person, because, you know, there's a lot of people I found out that, well, I, I was one of these people. I didn't know about, uh, you know, things like uh, national forests or I knew about national parks, but I didn't really have much experience with national parks. Uh, I didn't know much about cameras. And the more I started to learn about these things, the more I started to learn more of these outlets were out there. And the more I started to learn, there are other people out there that really don't know about these things. They could be so beneficial to anyone else. So I think I would be doing, uh, doing everyone else a disservice if I didn't at least uh, act somewhat as an ambassador for, uh, you know, travel or getting out into a park in nature or doing something that you really uh, want to put your concentration and your time into as a craft. And, you know, I know a lot of people may not even uh, be able to have that time, that extra time to put into that. But luckily, I've, I've been blessed enough to have that. Um, but I think that the more people that know about that, the more people that know about those uh, those outlets, the more we can start to uh, get a better grasp and people can at least start to deal with some of the uh, some of the mental health issues that, that, you know, plague the plague most of the people in the society. In in terms of road tripping and traveling, you've mentioned that a couple of times. A lot of people on the podcast, you know, camp a lot and um, backpack or, you know, do late nights or just spend all day, like 24 hours a day outside and outdoors is is road tripping, though a lost art in photography? I think it is. Um, I think it's a, a lost art all around, but I, I especially think in photography, it may be because, and I don't have like any hard numbers uh, and I don't even talk to many people that do this, but it seems like many people either, if they don't shoot locally in the area they're in, then they like to travel out to somewhere. But whenever they travel, they may fly to a destination and, and do a trip in a specific area. Um, and, and that's great. I've done that before. Um, but I think that there is a lot that can be missed if you are to hop in the car and like, for example, I've, I've driven from Georgia to Colorado, to Utah, um, to Virginia, to uh, Kentucky. I've driven across multiple states so that I can, you know, not take a specific shot, but to just be out and experience that and then take shots with me. And I think, uh, especially for me, I, I like to drive. I know everyone is not the same with that, but I think being able to crisscross through multiple different states, it gives you more time. So you can stop in a specific place. You may be able to stop off somewhere and take more pictures. You get to explore the area that's in that area, um, especially if you if you know how to stretch your dollar and you know how to do uh, things like dispersed camping. It can give you access to a lot of areas that you may have not previously have gone to if you were to just fly out to Colorado. Um, I've got across multiple states and while I'm in the states, I've got a little bit extra time. So I'll, I'll try to get as much out of that as I can. Um, so I don't know if it is a lost art, but I can definitely say that, you know, most of the people I come in contact with, they aren't doing it at least to the, uh, to the extent I am. I can pinch a penny till it cries. All right. I can save some, I can save some dollars. What, give me some tips. Like, give me like your top three money saving tips for road tripping with photography. Yeah. So, um, dispersed camping is the number one. I, I may talk about that too much, but that's like the main thing. Whenever I, I heard about it, I was like, wait, you, you can camp in a place and not have to pay money and you can stay up there for up to 14 days and you get some of the, the best views. 
uh, that you'll you'll be able to get anywhere uh, because of how remote they are. I think that's the absolute number one tip because it saves you on having to stay in a hotel. Um, another thing that would save you from having to stay in a hotel is just knowing the different places that you could stop off to go uh, take a shower. Um, so there, there's many hacks around that so that you can don't have to, uh, you know, so you don't have to leave from the place you're trying to take pictures, especially if you're, you know, I'm kind of a clean freak. And I think most people probably don't like showering for multiple days on end. I, I could be wrong there. There are some people that are OK with that, but I'm typically not one of them. Um, so I think that's another a great hack. And then let me see what would be a, a good third one. Um I don't know if this necessarily relates directly to photography other than being able to be self-sustainable, but, you know, being able to have all the equipment with you, you need uh, while you're driving is going to be a huge one. So being able to have like uh, have a cooler with you so that you can keep cold food and cold drinks so that you're not having to stop in places. Um, actually, you know what? All right, I just now thought of one. If you get a national park pass, I believe it's called America the Beautiful Pass, that's probably one of the best cost-saving hacks I've I've found. Um, so for $80, you can get a card that allows you to get access and free entrance to any national park, which most of them that you most of them that do charge a fee, it costs anywhere between $25 and $30. Um, getting that one pass for $80 can really save you a lot of money, especially if you're going to Colorado or Utah, California, uh, Alaska, I'm not really haven't been to Alaska, but I know they have a lot of parks. It can save you a lot of money. Um, and if those a lot of those parks are clustered in a single spaces, so it allows you to travel to multiple parks in one visit and it, it that will save you a lot of money. And those are great places to be able to take uh take awesome pictures as well. Hey guys, real quick, I just want to remind you of that opportunity you have right now to immediately improve your photography for free. If you go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream, you can learn just a few quick tips to really take your photography to the next level without spending any money at all. Time is of the essence here because this streaming course is not going to last forever. So go ahead and go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and start streaming that course right now. Afterwards, you'll see an immediate impact and improvement with your photography just with a few simple tricks and tools that you can learn. Yeah, I think too, on, on the park passes, if you don't have one, and maybe this is kind of getting around the system a little bit, and I do feel kind of bad doing this. I do like put a five in the donation box sometimes, but mm -hmm. going in well before sunrise, no one is at the check-in booths, so you can just drive in um, yep. without getting stopped to pay an entrance fee or anything like that. Now, if you're talking about like Death Valley, they have the kiosk that you stop at to pay for the pass that you put up on your dash um, if you don't have the 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 yearly pass, but, um, that's a, that's a little hack that helps me out sometimes if I don't have that park pass with me. Yeah. And you do have to kind of do, uh, you have to do some research beforehand because there are yeah. some parks and I didn't even really, I don't think I really knew about this, uh, before last year, whenever I went out to white sands in New Mexico, some parks are actually have operating hours like New Mexico, uh, white sands, it closes, I think it's normally like eight to five or eight to six. So you can't even stay after hours. But you're right. For the most part in the other ones, you drive through, there's no one there. Now, 
you do run the risk of a park ranger coming by and seeing there's no pass or uh, on your windshield, and that can cause you some problems. But I always feel really weird, even whenever I know I had the pass, just driving through when no one's at the gates, because I always feel like I'm getting away with something, even though I know I've already I already paid the admission. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it is always nice to drop the five in there just yeah. for like a little donation for them. Yeah, because those, those guys out there are working hard. Uh, they know a wealth of information. I always like to, like I went to Grand Canyon a couple of months ago and just asking one of the park rangers some general questions about the park and the park system in general. Uh, they're a great resource and I don't think they get enough uh, enough love for what they do because they're they're really just stewards of the public land and uh, making sure that they keep uh, all of those areas up to code and make sure that everyone's informed. Absolutely. Uh, in road tripping <clears throat> yourself, have you ever come across any issues? Uh, oh, so I, uh, I have, I have had a dead battery in the middle of the mountains, 20 miles away from uh, civilization. That was, that was pretty scary. Um, What's another one? I've uh, I've had a couple of situations where my my car battery died, and that was on a single trip. Um, I've also run into issues, not necessarily issues, but I've I've driven through parts of Utah where you don't have a gas station for like over a hundred miles. Um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of space there when you could possibly uh, break down and find yourself in a bad situation. I've had uh. You know, so those are pretty much a, a lot of the situations I run myself into. And also whenever you're just in a weird area and you don't know anybody that's there um, and you find yourself in a place where you could get stranded. Um, th those are issues that I've run into. But I've kind of I've tried to make sure that I take steps and I learn lessons from each trip that I roll into the next one just so I can make sure that I don't find myself in one of those situations. Or if I do find myself in one of those situations, that I at least have a, a, a backstop and a way to get back out of them. Now, I, I know that you've also been sharing these tips on your Instagram feed uh, and, and doing a really good job with that, too, and informing people with also entertaining in a way, too. Why have you been doing that on your Instagram instead of sharing just photos, for example? So, um, one, it's additional content and Instagram likes whenever you push reels, but also I have a friend that has asked me, you know, what is it that you want to do with this? And I've, you know, whenever I was really struggling and I was kind of introduced to nature and I started exploring this, I thought to myself, I didn't know any of this information. Um, and I think we constantly get ourselves into a situation where we think that because we know something that seems like it's very simple everyone probably knows that. And I've just found that, you know, there's probably more people like me. And what I found through sharing these tips is that that is the case. So the main reason that I do it is just to inform people that, you know, there's different ways of traveling. There's more to experience out here. And here's some tips that would be great for you to know, because these are some things that are kind of gotcha um, that many people wouldn't know. And that I especially didn't know going out because it's not something you would typically find if you're researching a, a location to go to. Is that just involved in your beliefs and sharing information and sharing tips of just giving it out for free? Yeah, it, it's partly that. And it's partly, um, 
that what I've found through photography and also through uh, my last few years of just going through and trying to get myself into a better mental state is that community is everything. And the landscape photography community is huge. And I've seen, honestly, people like you and uh, people like Mark Denny who have shared so much through what well, I found you guys through YouTube, um, where you share so much information that's helpful. And I mean, one of your first videos that I ever saw was whenever I was looking to figure out how to do astrophotography. And that's how I came upon your uh, your YouTube page. And that's when I was like, okay, well, this is interesting information. But at that point, it never clicked to me that I can also share that information. I just thought of everyone else as an expert. And the more I went along and the more I found out that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that can use this information and that I can contribute to the community instead of just taking from it, that kind of led me to a place where I thought, okay, I need to, I need to do something to give back this information. I need to give something where I can, you know, pour into the community that has helped me so much so that I can also be, uh, help someone else. It's really more of a, a pay it forward type, uh, a type thing. Hey, I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast with Corey. Corey's a great person. Go ahead and follow him on Instagram if you're not doing so already. And be on the watch out because I think Corey is really on the cusp of doing some great things with his photography and sharing a lot of really beneficial information for you as a photographer too. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode.